Hi, and welcome to Journeys to Belonging podcast with host Dr. Eileen Winokur, featuring awesome educators and leaders who share their journeys, advice, and personal stories about feeling a sense of belonging. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Journeys to Belonging. I have a very familiar face and friend with me today who has already been on my podcast. However, I asked if we could do a reflection on the year 2020, and I know it's not quite finished, although many of us wish it was, but... uh, you know that 2020 is hindsight, just kind of looking back and reflecting on things. And so I invited Barbara Bray to be with me today because uh, she's sort of my, my other half, my other 50%. <laughs> so welcome, Barbara. Thank you for coming on and helping me with this reflection of the year. Oh, thank you, Eileen. I mean, yes, we've known each other some time now, and I feel like uh, we definitely are related somehow. (laughs) (laughs) Somewhere in our past lives, we know that. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, we should discover that. We should put uh, put your DNA. I don't know, have you done your DNA yet? Yeah, 23andMe, I've done that. Yeah, Yeah. well, so far I don't see your name coming up, but who knows? Maybe that they just don't (laughs) know that we're related. (laughs) Ah. So, so Barbara, I, I know you were on, oh, you were actually one of my, my first guests. I think you were on episode six or seven. Mm-hmm. And, and we talked a lot about um, different things at the time, and especially, you know, your book and also your, your path. It was early in all of this that was going on. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot more to reflect on right now. And I'm just thinking about the last two weeks up until Thanksgiving were really hard for me. And we were chatting about it a little bit before and they were really hard for me. And I know it was hard for so many people around the world, not just for Thanksgiving, for the fact that we just aren't close to our friends and our family. And we're kind of, you know, get the whole virtual thing is, is we're really blessed to have it, but it's getting a little old. Um, mm-hmm. And so just trying to remain hopeful. And, and so I kept pushing myself every day to try to have that hope. And I know a lot of people this week are talking about hope. I know Chris Quinn is, is, has his Holidays of Hope. Uh, we chatted a little bit about that uh, before we started too. But how did, how did you keep hopeful all of this time? I mean, we're talking about since, since March, February or March, this has been going on. How have you kept your your hopes up, Barbara? Well, it's not been easy because I haven't seen my family face-to-face since last Christmas. It's our, you know, the holidays. Um, And uh, I'm, you know, I'm having a tough time mainly because I'm trying to be that happy person and hopeful person and for others when sometimes it's tough for me. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm here alone most of the time and I realized that Zoom has been my best friend. That's true. <laughs> yes. and, yeah. and, and also I'm working with Chris Quinn on Holidays of Hope and mainly because we were talking about how 
to get through this, to get through our feelings, we need to have some hope. Right. And I did have it. It's like I've gone up and down like you have. Um, my holiday was a virtual one with my family, which was really nice. It actually was good. It turned out well. Um, but then there's always an issue of somebody who's very sad, who needs to talk more. Um, I'm finding that with teachers also. They're reaching out and telling me stories. Yeah. Right now, I'm not even sure what to say. And that's why I thought we need the stories of how people are using hope and gratitude and kindness and trying to stay positive. And that's what I'm trying to do now. Yes. You know, you're, you're a concentration, your focus on people telling their stories, which is a, a real basis for, for what you've been talking about um, even before you wrote your book, which is being able to find your why, find your purpose. I think that's something that has really helped me because mm. when I wake up every morning, I think to myself, okay, what is, what is my purpose for today? What, what am I going to do in order to get myself to those things that I really want in my life right now? Um, like, you know, writing the book about belonging and doing my podcast and talking to wonderful people like you and also blogging, which a sort of has, I haven't been doing the last couple of weeks, but I, I want to get back to, um, and all of those things. So trying to focus on the things that I have under my control and the, mm -hmm. the things that I can do, and then counting my blessings, which I think is really important, having that gratitude which uh, evidently has been scientifically proven to, to help us uh, really refocus and become more centered. And so, yeah, being grateful for what I have and trying not to concentrate on the things that I don't have. But I know for, like you were saying, Barbara, for educators right now, this time of year is very difficult. I think everybody, I mean, it always is difficult. Um, people are tired by now. People are up, up almost to their vacations and so forth uh, for the half year. And for those who are in the rest of the world, they might be finishing up their school year. But I think everybody is just uh, exhausted. And yeah. I think we thought yeah. that it would be finished by now. And so pushing ourselves to try to remain hopeful is, is not easy. Um, but I think for me, gratitude has really helped, helped a lot. Yeah. I, and I love that you do the sense of belonging and I'm excited about your book. You know, I'm kind of a nudger. That's what yeah. I do about people. When I know they have a good story, I always want them to write their book and yeah. do whatever I can to support it. But I also am hearing some stories that are alarming to me. And a lot of it is, um, there are teachers that are also parents and parents that are having issues. Yes. This is really a difficult time for many people um, mm -hmm. all over the world now, but the U.S. is really struggling yeah. because some of the states are all different. And mm -hmm. what some people are telling me is that um, they are told to work virtually mm -hmm. or they're told to work face to face but their children are in a different situation and they can't mm -hmm. get childcare when right. they're young. 
And so they're very conflicted. And some of people are leaving the profession when they don't want to. Yeah. And they're put in a really awkward place. So mm-hmm. I'm trying right now to really just listen mm-hmm. and be that person that I can't give them, you know, advice because I wouldn't even know what to say. Right. But the idea, is there anything, anything that gives mm-hmm. you some hope? Do you have anything? Because what I find out is if we go down and start spiraling down, we can't get out. It's hard. Right to get out of yes. that so yeah. um I was there by the way at one point and I even re- did a reflection on my own where I was crying and people were like oh, oh wow no that was right in the beginning yes yeah and, um but I realized you know I wrote this book I said there's a I did icky guy I think I that mm-hmm. one section which is what is your purpose and what is the meaning for life and what gets you out of bed every morning that kind of thing that you just right. said yeah um there was a week of it. I wasn't getting out of bed. I was feeling oh, gosh. really sorry. I know yes. I never told anyone. And that. I'm sure there are a lot of people who are feeling that way who, who maybe haven't talked about it either. Yeah. Well, I think that the, it, teachers are supposed to be these perfect people, you know, they're, and, yeah. and they think they are. And yes. they're put on, I mean, it's really very difficult. Teachers mm-hmm. are told to be, um, you know, the experts in the room. Mm-hmm. but they're not valued. They're not getting the support or the resources or told yes. it. Yeah. And so administrators are, you know, in a difficult place also. Mm-hmm. They're not yes. sure what to do because right. they're supposed to, they usually get in, I'm not sure in other countries, but we're paid per student <laughs> who's mm-hmm. there present. And yes. some teachers are saying there's only 50% in my Zoom room or Google mm-hmm. Uh What right. do I do? You know, that kind of thing. Yes. So I'm just saying, I think we need to give everyone a break this year. I think. Yes. Yes. I think yes. the problem. And, is, and let them give themselves grace. Yeah. And remember, we wrote about embrace grace. We talked yes. about that. And we've done a few reflections. It's kind of fun now. We have. Yes. Um, yeah. And the issue I'm concerned about is um, this is going to be when it comes to academics, mm-hmm. it's not going to be the same. They can't. And, and we have to give. Yeah look at it and maybe look at curriculum in a different way and different strategies that we can do where kids can think and grow and learn how to learn and become, you know, instead of the teacher trying to do it all when there's kids, it's quarantined. When it's really almost impossible. Yeah. And it's almost impossible for for them to do that. I I think also this whole idea of reimagining education and and the kinds of things that, you know, we have a, a lot of people talking about it but not that many people or groups globally doing it. And I think it's really important for us to, to push the conversation, us meaning educators, administrators, educators in general, teachers, educators, mm-hmm. those who are coaches, not the policymakers, to push the agenda that we need to look at education um, from a different lens. We also need to look at this whole idea of social and emotional learning belonging, safety, and the importance Mm -hmm. of that before any content. And I believe, and I, you know, I've been through it with my own children during the the Gulf War in 1990, and I I wrote a blog post about it, that students will catch up, children will catch up Mm -hmm. if, if we just give them the, the sense that they feel safe. You know, this is, this, 
has been an extremely traumatic experience. You know, apart from all the politics that goes on and everything that's happening outside, uh, students who are left at home who are not in the ideal situations at home, teachers who are parents, like you said, Barbara, who are having difficulty juggling. One day they're, they're in school and then there's a, a COVID case and then they're out of school. Meanwhile, their children are in different school districts or in a different mm -hmm. situation. It's, it's been extremely stressful and we, we need to really take a look at all of that. Then we see all the statistics and the numbers and everything. And what I'd like to say is I suffered from depression for a very, very long time, mm -hmm. up until I was in my 30s. And I find that when I feel myself spiraling down, I do the same thing that I did during those eight or 10 years mm -hmm. that I tried to pull myself out of depression, is looking back and remembering the things that I was able to do, the things I had control over, and the things I was able to do. So what I've been doing a bit, um, even just chatting with my husband also, is talking about what we've been through since last January or February. Mm -hmm. um, and for us personally, it was my son was supposed to be getting married in March. And right before he was going to get married and he was, he was in Pennsylvania with his fiance at the time, uh, studying his master's, uh, phone calls back and forth about them worried about getting to Kuwait and not being able to get back to finish their final semester. Uh, my children who are also outside the country trying to get in and then get back home uh, to their jobs and everything like that. And so at the last minute, we canceled the Kuwait ceremony and you know we went through this whole thing of them getting married in Pennsylvania then me being with my mom, I traveled before, then they closed the airport here, all of those things. So I've just been going over and reflecting all the ways that I've been able to, with all the stresses, been able to make decisions and move forward. And it's worked out. It hasn't been ideal. No, it hasn't been mm -hmm. ideal. But I try to make sure that I think to myself, okay, but I got through it. I got through it and it was okay. And that sort of gives me the confidence and the hope that whatever is coming up in the future, I'll be able to manage. And I don't do it on my own. I have lots of help from family and friends like you, Barbara, you know, mm -hmm. reaching out and having people reach out to us. I think we still need to be doing that. We did a lot of that over the summer at the beginning of the school year. I think especially at the holidays, for those who celebrate um, in December, we need to be sure to reach out because not everybody's going to be in a good situation. Um, mm -hmm. So that, you know, that's sort of the things that I can control and the things that I was able to do and just remind myself, I got through it, I got through it, I got through it. <laughs> oh, that's amazing, Eileen. That's why your book is gonna be amazing when it comes out uh, because your thanks. stories. Yeah, I can't uh, wait. The idea of, um, there's a lot of people that don't show feelings. Uh, mm -hmm. Teachers are afraid to be vulnerable. And um, when I did that one uh, reflection and cried, mm -hmm. several teachers reached out to me. In fact, a lot of teachers reached out to me personally and wanted to call on the phone. They wanted just to say, yeah. 
are you okay? Because I'm not. And I, you know, and, and I'm not sure how to do this because I, I, you know, I don't want the kids to see it. And I'm saying, you know what, maybe the kids need to see that you're human. And we need to be able to, because this is not easy. I'm going to just say it. It's a worldwide pandemic. We've yes. never been through anything like this. And it's, it's impacting everyone. And everyone's experiences is going to be a little different. And if we can at least listen to you and what you said and all the things you went through, you know, I, you did tell me that, about them, but then when you put them all together like that, I went, wow. And you got through it. It's amazing, I mean, and I, I started thinking about myself because I wrote my book um, in February and launched it. I had keynotes and workshops all over until like September mm -hmm. and I had book signings and then everything was canceled. And um, it, just, it just hit me so hard because this book just means a lot to me. It's about my story and uh, the why and and um, and Eileen's story is in it. <laughs> yes, yes. You know? I was going to say, and so many other stories, yeah. and it gives yeah. us hope for our own story. Yeah, yeah it's such and an that's why book. I did it. it yeah. Well, it's about owning your story so you can live and learn on purpose. And I I want to keep doing that, finding people's stories. So that's what Chris uh, Quinn and I are doing right now is. We wanted, um, actually he started this and it reached out to me and said, um, we need a way for people to tell their stories of hope and maybe that the, their struggles and how they work through it. And we're, we're looking at strategies on how we wanna do that. I'm, you know, like we'll find a way to make a collective, put them up in Wakelet or, you know, some way of curating these stories. So yeah, flip people- yeah. flip grids to oh that's a good idea do flip grid mm -hmm. also because that way um i think people won't feel alone mm -hmm. and there's a lot of people i've talked to who this situation they are alone or they may have one other person like me i have one other person i can actually meet with is my husband three times three nights a week that's it mm -hmm. that's it that's all i have and i'm a hugger i have to tell you not having those hugs is so yeah. hard for me. Yeah. And so, uh, and my granddaughter and all of those and my family. Yes. So I went through ups and downs and I keep, and it keeps happening. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Eileen, I think if we might even want to put a blog together on something like this too, and then encourage people to write. I just think if they can tell their stories, how mm -hmm. they're struggling and they work through it, Yes. Or if they are struggling, where they can go for help. Mm -hmm. That's the thing is I don't want, I don't want teachers to think they're alone. But yes. that's me right now. Yeah. I, you know, I, you, you talked about the whole idea of being vulnerable by, by putting yourself out there and, you know, and uh, becoming teary crying because, you know, you are being honest about your feelings. And I know it's hard to be vulnerable. I know it took me a really long time to get to that point also. You think, we all know that everybody's going through a difficult time and so we don't wanna burden anybody else. But the truth is, I've seen it on, on the internet. I've seen it on social media. People are there for each other, just like people immediately came to you and contacted you, Barbara, and 
saw that you were, you know, needing people, they checked in with you. And I think that's really important for those of us who feel like we don't want to burden anybody. Well, we need to make sure that we're checking in with them if we haven't heard from them. And it's really important for us to be able to connect as much as possible. And for those who feel disconnected to hopefully reach out and you know, we're not psychologists, we're, we're not people who, who can solve your problems, but certainly we can be there to support you. And, you know, telling your story is really important. I know that sharing stories is difficult, but I, I would hope that if you're able to get the project going with Chris, that it would be, you know, a really great way for if people start sharing their stories, maybe it would empower others to feel safe to be able to share their own stories. Because I think once we share our stories, it's the one thing I really enjoy about Passoscope EDU and doing that every month is that it's 15 minutes, but you get to share your story, you get to watch others share their stories. And it's, it's really empowering. It's very powerful. I got to do that. And I know Valerie, I just have yeah. to, Valerie Lewis. Yeah. yeah. So we're doing holiday, it's hashtag holidays of hope, mm -hmm. but Eileen and I were talking and, and I, Chris and I were talking it, we can't stop in December. It's, yes. we're going to be, yeah. this is going to be around so long. I mean, even if we have the vaccine, I think we're still going to have some issues for a long time because, yes. um, so I think we need to figure out how we can keep hope going mm -hmm. um, and how we can encourage people to be grateful for what they have and for each other. And I love the idea of reaching out to each other, especially if you know there are some people that maybe you care about, but you haven't connected with them for a mm -hmm. long time. They might be sitting there, not sure what to do. And um, yeah. we, I need to do that now. I'm just thinking of someone I need to call today. <laughs> <laughs> and when yeah. we, we were uh, just chatting uh, online and said, we just have to do this. You did, mm -hmm. you, both of us just, but you reached out and said, we should just do this. And yeah. um, I think it's, and that's what happened with Chris and I, we were talking on Zoom and I said, why don't we just hit record? And that's what we put up. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I watched it. It was really, really, really nice. I, you know, I think that's what's so wonderful about social media and making those connections is that mm -hmm. it, it really, creates that safe space for us to step out of our comfort zone and be able to tell our story. And, you know, it's, it's a several step process, mm -hmm. but I think when we, when we realize that we do have those connections and it doesn't have to be a lot of connections, it can just be those mm -hmm. one or two special connections that we have. And that really makes all the difference. And for those who are, out there who are, are wondering how they're going to manage to get through all of this because they are exhausted and they are stressed. And it's been mm -hmm. such a long time since anybody has even remembered what normal is and who knows when we're going to get to it. And you're we're right, We're not gonna Barbara. get there. Yeah, It's not gonna right, be normal. Barbara. No, it will be different. <laughs> it's uh, not gonna be. And it's not even gonna be a new normal. It's gonna be different. No. Yeah. And that's the thing is that what I'm finding is I'm connecting more than ever. 
I've never had this much connections. Mm -hmm. I'm in different conferences. I'm doing, uh, I did a webinar in Indonesia. I mean, (laughs) I thought, what? Incredible. (laughs) Yeah, it was three days. It was just so much fun. They were amazing. And what I'm finding is that um, I'm I'm finding people that are uh, looking at this technology as Mm -hmm. a new way to learn, to teach, to connect, um, and to have hope. Because I don't know what I would have done these last nine months if I didn't have this. Yeah, yeah, it's it's given us, I think it's given many of us a totally different perspective on the tools that we have at hand. Again, I feel grateful for that because not everybody has access to those tools. So we need Mm -hmm. to really work on making sure that more, more people, more students, more countries have that access. But in, in general, it's, it's going to be different. I read something yesterday, I'm trying to remember where I read it, that even when we go back to school and we're in school, the view of technology and the use of technology will be very different. We're not going to go back to just, we're going to be in school in the classroom, isolated with our teacher mm-hmm. and the students. And so, you know, I think that's really important to remember. Um, And talking about a new normal, I I think it's just new. It will be new. And that's exciting, actually, and should give us additional hope that if we look forward rather than um, bend backwards, although the backwards part gives us the confidence to move forward. So it's sort of this back and forth motion. But, um, Mm -hmm. you know, really being able to do that. And then, like you said, tell our stories and I, I do believe, and you and I were talking beforehand, the idea of the holidays of hope is wonderful as a kickstart, but we really need to con- continue to do that, talk about hope and kindness and all of those things, because it needs to be embedded in our psyche. We need, we need to think of that, not just at certain times of the year or certain days of the week, we need to be doing that all the time. And so hopefully we will. Yeah, go ahead, Barbara. Well, uh, the one thing that um, you and I talked about is making a collaborative. uh, I said calling it the why collaborative because all of us can talk about our why. And in that is the hope and the, you know, all the wonderful things that we're doing now. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that I'm seeing is that um, when you, open a door, because a lot of these teachers have not used this technology and all of a sudden they've been thrown into it right. and families are thrown into it and right. they're coming up with new ways to uh, even connect to the families. There's no way they want to go back. They, right. they all want this because, so if we can get more access for, you know, I mean, this, like I said, this is a worldwide con- pandemic. We have the UN Sustainable Development Goals, mm-hmm. and we have lots of new resources out there, like Flipgrid and, and Wakelet and Buncee and all of these wonderful tools that we could pull together. Right. And uh, I'm doing podcasts, you're doing podcasts. We could have, just imagine, just have mm-hmm. kids, just throw it all out there to the kids and say, what would you do? Right. And I'm just going to, let me just tell you, I just met with my neighbor who's a uh, she is a 4-H leader. I don't know if you know 4-H mm-hmm. or 4-Hs. Yeah, but maybe our uh, listeners don't if you want to explain it a little bit. Well, it's a, it's a club where they do projects and a lot of it was based on, you know, taking care of animals and things like that, but they're all online now. 
And so they're doing breakout rooms and, and they've created escape rooms with the breakout rooms. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so they're doing like the breakout EDU. They, they're doing that, those online. And they're doing, she's talked about another thing where um, the, the kids get a box and in it is some food and that they have to go in 30 minutes, make something out of that food. Oh, and then they fun. show it. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, you know, we need to look outside of our curriculum and look yes. at other places that are doing projects that could be done online. Yes. And see how we can tie it in with the curriculum and the standards and everything. Mm -hmm. And then push it and give the kids ideas so they can even lead it. That's mm -hmm. what I'm looking at. And those are the stories I'm trying to look for is what, who's doing this? Outfit. Yes. And, and there, there are share. organizations and there are places. I was part of the uh, ReLearn Festival of Innovation for oh, Learn yes. Life. Yeah. And they have hubs that started in Barcelona, Spain. And they have these hubs. And basically, it's student directed learning. Facilitators are there, teachers are there. So they're guides, but their whole philosophy, and they're actually looking to possibly going online. And there are other schools in, and the groups in the United States and other countries that have started mm -hmm. these prod, you know, so if we're looking for reimagining learning, not throwing out schools or teachers or any of that, but reimagining how we give ownership to the students and really making it student-centered with teachers being the guides, I think it would lower the stress on the teachers. And I think uh, our students would certainly thrive more. Uh, of course, mm -hmm. we, we don't necessarily have to just use technology. There are other ways to do that. So we're presented with that right now. I love that why collaborative. We have to figure out how we can get that going. I have ideas. We're going to talk some more. And um, I just love talking. You know, Eileen, you and I could do this all night, which we've done a few times. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, and, you know, the, the one thing that's so powerful is when you make a connection and you love it, don't let it go. Keep nudging. And when you know someone is, let's say, struggling, like, you know, when you were struggling, I, I didn't even know how much you were struggling. And you yeah, probably didn't know here. how much I was. Same we here, we yeah. just have to check in with each other mm -hmm. and we need to do that for anyone we care about. Right. Um, and so I'm just so grateful for you and the, the friendship we have. It's been wonderful. And Same here. Um, yeah. Yeah. We sort of know when we haven't heard from each other in a little bit that something's going on. And even, even if each of us is busy, if we reach out, there's a way for us to connect. So Hopefully our, our listeners will, will be doing that too. And uh, especially now, but um, as we you know, try to move through this part of the year, which is very difficult mm -hmm. and then look forward to hopefully better days ahead, which uh, we believe are there and to keep our hope going. Barbara, thank you so much for joining mm -hmm. me today. I so love you so, so much. You too. Thank yes. you. And thank you, Eileen. And you stay safe. You too. <laughs> Sending you a virtual hug. No, me too. Back to you. Thanks. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you're inspired by what you heard, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about belonging, check my website, Journeys to Belonging, that's Journeys number two belonging, 
www.webstarts.com. See you next week.